0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. This is Heather Caro. And this is Teresa Curley. It's Teresa Curley! (laughs) Our newest staff member at Real Presence Radio. She is trying out the co-host gig this morning not that i'm giving her a lot of room to talk it's my fault but you know this next one though this next guest Teresa is right up your alley cool you ready we're gonna be talking to deb who is a catholic wife and homeschooling mother oh that's cool so you were homeschooled weren't you i was so there you go you and Deb will hopefully have something to talk about, but she's going to be talking about a um, an event coming up that we may be able to join, and so we're excited to have her on to talk about the event, what it's going to look like, and how you can participate. So, good morning, Deb. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Can you pronounce your last name for me, Deb? Trev. Trevs. Okay. Perfect. That's easy F- enough. F and a Z. Yep, F and a together. Z. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, Deb?
1: Um well, I live on a farm ranch in north central South Dakota. Um in are six children. And we're kind of, our small town is called Oneka. We're halfway between Pier and Aberdeen for a larger context. And a little more narrow, our two parishes would be St. Thomas, the Apostle in Falkton. And then we're actually a little closer to Hoven and St. Anthony's, but my mom lives in Falkton, so we're drawn in that direction right now, but kind of a foot in each camp. That's great. Um, Yeah, my husband and I farm and ranch, and we... I have two young adult children who are married in the last year, one at SDSU. One will be a freshman at U. Mary and Bismarck this fall, and then we have one in middle school and one in elementary.
0: Wow. A big span of family. Love mm-hmm. it. Love it. Mm-hmm. So today we're having you on to talk about a homeschooling event that's coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So with homeschooling... Um, We have an event, and it's been on my heart to do this for a number of years, and I've talked to other homeschooling parents, and we've always had a desire, especially in the northern part of our diocese, to have something that would bring together other homeschool families. And we have um, population centers like Sioux Falls, Aberdeen, Watertown. But for those of us in the, the greater region to tap into those resources can be challenging and to get to know one another. So homeschooling tends to shift, and people homeschool for different reasons and different amounts of time every year, and that's shifting. So we've had this desire to come together to, one, build community, and two, and probably more importantly, to begin with prayer and mm-hmm. to kind of have this idea that that's the foundation of our family life and our homeschool for whatever reason— being the first and primary teachers of the faith is always fundamental. I think in homeschooling and in any type of school, really, if you're regardless of it's private school, public school, charter school, as Catholics, we know that we're the first teachers. And so to begin here in some community and camaraderie with other families, sharing in that mission, and then also to consecrate our school year. Hmm you know, to the Holy yes. Family, and, and um, start in prayer, because those are the most important pieces to anything we do. Amen.
0: So, you have children that are of varying ages. How did you get into mm-hmm. homeschooling?
1: Oh, um, I will usually say that God <laughs> backdoored us on <honest>. this. <laughs> I, I had been a public high school teacher. I taught at like Ed for 11 oh, wow. years, and I... I stepped out of that to be more present with my family and support my husband on the farm ranch and the labors there. I would drive 30 miles back and forth to work. And um, so our oldest son was then in fourth grade, and we, were kn- we knew that he had some learning differences, and I was looking for the resources to support him in that and couldn't find them in our state. I you know reached out to our bigger population centers and from Bismarck to Sioux Falls, and I ended up in Rochester at the reading center, had a diagnosis, and ended up doing some specialty training. And I, I was going to just catch him up over the course of a year and then put him back in school because that was my, my paradigm. And I kind of fell in love with it. My husband and I realized it suited our family life better. It promoted family life. We were on the road. And meeting the demands of other people's schedules less and setting our own schedules, Especially for us, we live between 20 and 30 miles from school, and driving or more intentional driving appealed to us, and also it suited our farm schedule better and flexibility there as well. So, um, yeah, we just valued learning with the kids, meeting them where they were at, and mm, tailoring their academics toward their interests and their needs. And, you know, in rural areas, we don't have as many options, and so it provided a greater array of options for us, and it also allowed us to think into our Catholic education, which was important to us. Right.
0: So thinking about um, you living in a rural area, living on a farm and a ranch, um, did you use that to educate your kids at all?
1: Oh, definitely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I think it's just part of, part of family life really is educating. And we have, there's, I have an aunt who will say your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. (laughs) And finding the middle ground is so important. And, and so while there's challenges of being in a remote area, we also have the advantages. Our kids see mechanics every day. They see pulleys and, um, mm-hmm. large equipment they get to operate the equipment they see natural law and um, taking place all the time they have experiences in and consequences in what they're doing with chores and operations on the farm helping build things maintenance and just reality of life and death when you're working with animals and plants and droughts and and probably the thing I appreciate is. is Simple things like gardening. We have chickens, we have some horses, but we also have the bigger, you know, those are the things that kids can engage in at their level at different. um, But they also see that we put seed in the ground and pray that it grows. And somewhere between planting and harvesting in the next year, a miracle happens and we do it (laughs) again. So uh, a lot of exercise and trust. Right. That's
0: awesome. Cool. So, my co-host that is on with me, Deb uh, Teresa, also was homeschooled, and you were homeschooled on a farm. Did your family also incorporate that? Yeah. So, Deb, a lot of what you're saying really rings a bell with me.
1: Uh, growing up, like a lot of our biology class was just putting animals in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. So it's it's really neat to hear that there's other people who do that too and really can encounter god through that
0: yeah that's pretty cool so thinking about these opportunities that you have um that are available on the farm and the homestead so do you gear some of your educational spots towards what your family is doing or what the kids are interested in or how do you how do you make sure that they have a full rounded education does that make
1: sense? Yes, it's a big question. And it's one that I know <laughs> other parents and I will talk about often because you realize it's on your shoulders and you can't lean into one organization or one accredited institution and say, this is what we're following. You have this whole hmm. gamut of choices, and that can be really overwhelming. And so, what I usually share with people is there will be holes, you cannot hmm. do it all you're you're really educating toward wonder you're educating toward virtue and and the stem pieces are are really important and I think we all understand that and recognize you know the math science engineering those kinds of things really matter and so you do what you can there too there's a lot of labs that happen uh, during during deer hunting or pheasant hunting season, and it's just it's kind of natural, really, that that those um, experiences happen, but it also requires some intentionality in deciding what you're going to follow and how are you looking toward a college-bound program, are you looking toward something more practical and craftsman-oriented, and mm-hmm. so... I don't think it's covering all the bases. I think it's really teaching them to learn and starting them on a trajectory and developing a love of learning, a love of beauty, and a balanced lifestyle. And that's probably one of our challenges on the farm is coming up with a balanced lifestyle because there's always more work than we can navigate. And yet it's it's in leisure that we encounter God and in the quiet. And so trying to bear all of those pieces in mind.
0: That's beautiful. I wish every child could grow up like that. That's beautiful. Well, we're talking with Deb this morning. She is a Catholic wife and homeschooling mother um, from the northern central part of the South Dakota area. Uh, We're talking about an event that's coming up, but we just kind of wanted to dive into the heart of being a homeschool family and what that looks like, what it encompasses. Um, We're going to have more with Deb. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, Deb, I want to talk about some of the challenges that you've encountered um, and then how community impacts your homeschooling life and then just kind of about the event itself. So, still have quite a bit to cover. All right, thank you. Okay, so stay with us, Deb, and we'll be back with more Real Presence Live right after this break.
2: so turned in on ourselves sometimes yeah. as social scientists that we look at our methods and our and that's great you know and that's wonderful many good and great discoveries but if you've only studied psychology and you haven't studied philosophy and you haven't done theology you've got to understand that you've got just one part of the human experience you've only mm-hmm. understood one part of the human experience you know great theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar talked about how um, the same thing could happen even in theology that that theologians can get so much in their head, mm-hmm. you know, and, and get so rational and cognitive about their study of theology. And he, he has this great line, he said, everyone should be doing theology from their knees. And I've I've adopted mm-hmm. that in what I do, and I look at, okay, I'm going to do psychology from my knees, meaning I'm a psychologist, but I'm a psychologist who's in relationship with God and want to bring other people into that relationship with God or or strengthen their already existing yeah. relationship with God.
0: number one nursing program in the nation, the University of Mary. Of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide, Mary is ranked number one by the National Benchmarking Service Mountain Measurement. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try and eligible nursing students receive their senior year of tuition free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation. Check us out at umary.edu slash nursing. That's umary.edu slash nursing. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro, and I'm Teresa Curley, and we are your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. We're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's a beautiful day here, and we are talking with a wonderful gal, Deb from I don't know, Deb. Where should I say you're from? Rural <laughs> Midwest, <laughs> North,
1: North Central South Dakota. Our post office, Oneka. Our parish. Is- St. Thomas and Foxton, Between Tobin and Foxton. Okay,
0: perfect. Perfect. So we were just chatting with you about what it's like to be a homeschooling family on a ranch and a farm. um, Kind of the approach that you take with your kids. Um, What are some of the challenges that you have uh, seen with meeting other homeschool families being in such a rural area?
1: I think... What I'm learning is there's always challenges and there's always um, strengths and weaknesses no matter where we live, and we have to figure out how we're going to encounter that because nothing's perfect. I, you know, I'm, I'm realizing the grass is not greener on one side or the other. It's, it's finding the opportunities that you have and trying to cultivate those. But for us, one of our challenges is our remoteness. We're 75 miles out of Aberdeen and 90 from Pier. So those population centers where groups meet are a long distance, and so we'll make the trek to Aberdeen weekly, and we take care of all of our business from piano lessons, religious ed classes. We have a co-op that we meet with. We take care of doctor appointments and groceries and any other errands. They, you know, sometimes we're getting home at ten o'clock at night or midnight. Because you need to get everything done while you're there, but it also allows us to be, you know, we can have distractions. But the driving is a lot of miles. And mm-hmm. it, for us, that would be regardless, less virtual, I guess. But out of Austin, our tourist center locally, and they just ground up some of the, the, highways, and so now it's 45 miles if we want to take all highways to get to town. Hmm. So the distance is a challenge for us, and then just meeting other families and, and families that are um, concerned about education and some of the same things that we're interested in and concerned about. Um, and so we just have learned that we have to drive, mm-hmm. and that's part of the decision we've made to live where we live, but that connectivity can be challenging and finding other families with um, shared values can be a challenge. And I think it's Catholic families we all engage in that challenge and trying to navigate how do we build relationships that are strong and healthy and edifying for our teenagers in particular. Elementary school, it's a little more manageable, I find. And and for the teenagers, I think that's kind of universal regardless of where you go to school. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So thinking about a lot of times in our communities, we celebrate the Catholic schools, we celebrate the public schools. Um, How can we as parishes and communities encourage and be there to support homeschooling families?
1: Good question. One of the things that I found helpful is to include those families with some type of cap-and-gown experience um, at graduation time. There's usually a mass, baccalaureate mass, and to make sure that there's um, something to set apart the students that are graduating and acknowledge them within that community. For us, that's one of our primary communities. Um, To have something where we recognize that homeschoolers, Catholic homeschoolers, are part of Catholic education. Yeah. And so how do we include that segment of our our community in celebrating Catholic education? And so um, those are just things that have been on our hearts of many of us that are in homeschool over the years of recognizing that this is really important to us and and we've made a sacrifice to make it part of our family life. So, um, Yeah. Beautiful. So let's
0: talk about what you're doing to bring homeschooling families together in your area.
1: Well, I've, in conversation with other families, we've talked about having a mass. And I knew that um, there's a group, St. Margaret's in the Sioux Falls region, that has had a mass sometimes to kick off, and I'm not quite sure what they do now. It's been a while since I've been in connection with them, but it was always a, a reach for us. A couple times I've gone down to some of their events in our early years of homeschooling, but um, to have something where we kick off with prayer and blessing, I know some moms will take all their, their curriculum in during adoration and consecrate it mm. to the Blessed Virgin for the year. You know, And, and the idea that this is a prayerful endeavor and all good things happen with cooperation and and God's blessing. And so bringing education and some of those decisions into that presence has been important. And so what we've decided to do this year and had the opportunity to bring to fruit is a homeschool family blessing day. It's going to be Sunday afternoon, August 15th, in Ipswich at Holy Cross Catholic Church. And um, it's going to be a simple endeavor this first year, looking at starting at four o'clock with a welcome and opening prayer, moving into a Marian procession and a walking rosary. And then we're going to have a blessing for students and teachers and conclude with a blessing for the harvest season as as fall is approaching and we're looking at the start of school. So we're excited about it and an opportunity to bring Mm -hmm. other families together. I'm hoping that some will make the trek, um, and be willing to just kind of draw together some of the families in our our diocese, so that we can start linking arms a little bit and walking together and um, encouraging one another. It's it's great to have the blogs and uh, podcasts and books and those kinds of things, and you can learn a lot and, and find mentors. But you also need people to walk with you in your journey. You know, and those one on one relationships are important. And so that's what I'm trying to nurture and cultivate and discover, and also to encourage other families that this is doable. Um, I don't think life is ever meant to be easy, but it's doable when we are prayerful about it and faithful. And so homeschool is one of many good ways to educate children, and um, we all need community in that, and we need community around our Catholic faith as well. So I'm hoping... That we can grow that, and then after it's all over, we're just going to have some time for community, maybe some whistle ball, (laughs) whatever the kids would (laughs) like to do, and um, some ice cream. And I'm encouraging families bring a picnic. We have a subway in town if we want to stay and and just spend some more time in in fellowship and visiting. Getting to know new families would be um, a hope of mine as well. So. Yeah,
0: well, and I love that that you're having it from a small town like Ipswich. Um, hopefully, that will enable pe- more people to be able to drive in and spend the day mm. and enjoy. Yeah. So, give us more details: date, time, how people can find out more information and become a part of this day for you.
1: Okay, so again, it's going to be August fifteenth. It's a Sunday. We'll be starting in the afternoon, so that families can attend mass at their regular parishes and those responsibilities they may be a part of. And then they'll have time to, to drive. We're starting in later afternoon at 4 p.m. And it's, it's going to be a, you know, welcome prayer, a walking rosary and a blessing for families uh, and a harvest blessing. And then we'll wrap up with some ice cream and, and time to, to visit. It'll be in Ipswich, which is, I believe, Highway 45 North South and Highway 12 East-West. So kind of in the northern part of our diocese, but again, small town. We've got um, a playground there for kids and um, kind of a a community center. That's part of the parish there. So it will be a nice gathering spot. And, um, yeah, it should be good. So it's this coming Sunday, and we're excited to be coming upon it. Wonderful.
0: And is there a cost for people to attend?
1: No cost. no cost no cost um if there are cons or if there are questions they can reach out to me my name is deb trev and my phone number is 605-765-4094 there's also um, an ad about it with all the details that's in this recent bishop's bulletin and contact information
0: All right. Father also said that if you want to get event details and the rundown of what's happening at the Homeschool Family Blessing, you can go to, he's got the information on holycrossipswich.org. So I suppose anybody from anywhere is welcome, because Ipswich is even close to North Dakota Mm. at that point. So Holy Cross Ipswich, Ipswich is spelled I-P-S-W-I-C-H dot org. Sounds Any, like a good time. I know. I kind of want to go and hang out, but I don't belong.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let me tell you, we will welcome everybody. We were even speaking about, you know, sometimes there's elderly people in the community that yeah. just want to be a part of what's going on. And and honestly, we're all educating
0: children. Yes.
1: And Beautiful. we need to link arms and and. We can mentor one another regardless of how we're educating our children this year, or if we're done with that, or if we're anticipating it. You know, there might be young families who are thinking about homeschooling. They're welcome. Yeah, They're welcome. And just being
0: there to pray for each other is a beautiful thing.
1: Oh, it's so important. We really need one another. Absolutely. We do. Well...
0: Deb, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your adventures with homeschooling. Um, any last thoughts before we let you go?
1: Um, just like to welcome as many people as, as are inclined to consider coming. I would like to say please come, make the journey. Um, there will be great visiting. There will be things for the kids to do. There's um, Don't worry about food because there's a subway in town. And we'll be meeting at Holy Cross Parish in Ipswich, so I hope to see many, many families.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Deb, for joining us today.
1: Thank
0: you. All right, folks, we have another break coming up, and on the other side of that break, we're going to have a well-known author, Ken Howell, talking about The Mystery of the Altar. It's a book that he has written, so we're pretty excited to get to chat with him. Stay right where you are. More Real Presence Live right after this break. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.